You just have to make her laugh, Nisan. Oh, Jushimatsu, what sweet and simple advice, but that's easy for you to say. Karamatsu had spent the next several hours pondering how he could possibly make a girl laugh. Todematsu guaranteed that he could succeed in one go if he wore that tank top with his own face on it, but Karamatsu was, one, very sure that she would understand just how extremely stylish the shirt really was, and two, not at all sure that his heart could withstand the abuse of having his favourite fashion statement laughed at by his one and only Karamatsu girl. Or at least, he assumed she was his Karamatsu girl. You couldn't just get away with calling Karamatsu cool if you didn't resign yourself to becoming a Karamatsu girl immediately thereafter. Was he being creepy? He was totally being creepy. He was such a creep, he was so creepy, they were all right. She was being nice because it was part of her job description. She didn't really like him, nobody really liked him, why was he such a creep? All I'm saying is, if you actually saved your money instead of blowing it all on Pachinko, maybe you wouldn't be broke every time we go to Chibitas, Karamatsu scolded. The sharp tone of his lecture puncturing Karamatsu's steadily inflating balloon of self-depreciation. The second son flipped his fringe for no particular reason. How uncharacteristically morose. Man, you really don't get it, Chirofapiski, Osamatsu replied with a sad shake of his head. Days we go to Chibitas are the best days to go to Pachinko. Even if I come out flat broke, I can still eat and drink later. Uh, no, you're supposed to pay, Chirofapiski corrected. Silence. Karamatsu realised his brother's eyes were upon him. He looked between them as his confusion swelled. He'd been following the conversation. They hadn't asked him anything. So why? Oh, he'd missed his cue to say something painful. He adjusted his sunglasses. Heh. <laughs> what further payment could one ask for than the company of my splendid brothers? Silence. Was this the kind of silence that usually followed one of Karamatsu's remarks? Or had he somehow missed the mark? You're still trying to think of ways to be funny, aren't you? Todomatsu accused. Ichimatsu stuck his tongue out. Gross. It's easy, Karamatsu Nisan, Jushimatsu encouraged. I'll show you when we get to Chibitas. Karamatsu had a pretty good idea of what the fifth son had in mind. That's quite all right, mon frere, he dodged. I'm sure I'll figure something out. Not that Jushimatsu's fountain gag wasn't brilliant, of course, but Karamatsu was certain that his anatomy wouldn't accommodate it. In fact, he didn't really understand how Jushimatsu's did, but he tried not to dwell on it too much. It was Jushimatsu, after all. He was one of those abysses that you shouldn't gaze into for too long at a time. Osumatsu stepped up beside Karamatsu and swung his arm heavily across his shoulders. All right, Karamatsu, level with me here. How serious are you about this hundred yen store girl? Enough that it's kind of irritating to hear you call her that, useless eldest brother. Don't make it sound like she's some kind of bargain. Like, on a scale of Eio and Chibimi to Tosuko-chan, where does she rank? Karamatsu dipped his head against the fingers of one hand and rested his elbow against the palm of the other. What a challenging question. Naturally, she was far above the likes of Eio and Chibimi who were no more than fabricated facades worn by a pair of individuals whose sole aim was to extort them for every yen they could produce. But they were pretty. They were so pretty. And then there was Totoko, their adorable childhood friend, their idol, both figuratively and literally. Haramatsu bowed his head further, his brow knit in intense concentration. 
Each of the sextuplets prized Totoko so immensely that they couldn't even be bothered to fight over her. Although that maybe had little more to do with the fact that she expressed zero interest in them apart from soaking up their devotion like an attention-starved sponge. That side of her, too, was just somehow so admirable. If you were recounting his past with Totoko as a story to someone else, he would only be able to sigh and marvel of how much he wanted to be like her. Minus all the punching, perhaps. And now he considered the young woman he had met earlier that day, with her dark hair and her dark eyes and her dark uniform, looking every bit like a midnight funeral, but somehow managing to outshine any star. Those sunglasses look really cool with your outfit. You look really cool. You're really cool. Oh my god, look at his face! The laugh belonged to Todomatsu, and it made Karamatsu acutely aware of how hotly his cheeks were burning. He covered his face with his hands on reflex. Karamatsu, is it really okay to be so happy about being paid one tiny compliment? Osumatsu, his arm still resting on Karamatsu's shoulder, shook his head in slow disbelief. You're seriously in deep, aren't you? How can you possibly be in so deep over a girl you met once at the 100 yen store? Did you even exchange more than 20 words? Karamatsu brought his hands down from his face and started counting. He was stopped by Churamatsu's hand grasping his wrist. I want you to promise me right now that you're not going to start going to that store every damn day just to pester her, he demanded. She's an employee doing her job and you're just going to make her life miserable if you arbitrarily decide she's a Karamatsu girl or whatever. I, I wasn't. I won't. But she was his Karamatsu girl. But he wanted to see her again. But he really was being pathetic, wasn't he? Churamatsu seemed to accept Karamatsu's flimsy response and released Lata's hand. Osumatsu stepped out of his space as well, and the sudden absence of contact left Karamatsu feeling remarkably... something. Something terribly familiar. Ah yes, he was lonely. What a wretched thing to have to admit. Especially when his five brothers were at his side. The warm light from Chibita's Oden stand cast long shadows behind the sextuplets, and Osamatsu readily slid up onto the centre of the bench with an unnecessary announcement. Chibita! We came to eat Oden! You mean you've come to eat your profits, you damn idiot? How the hell do you expect me to keep this place open if you never pay? So saying, Chibita slammed down six beers and set six plates. Each of the Matsuno siblings took their respective seats at the wooden, savoury-smelling counter, but before half of them took their first sip, they were distracted by the rapidly approaching footsteps of someone running towards the stand. Karamatsu, like the rest of his brothers, leaned backwards past the hanging curtain to see what the fuss was about. But unlike the others, his heart leapt into his mouth at what he saw. Dark hair, dark eyes, a light blue hooded jacket zipped up to her collarbone, a skirt with a friendly floral pattern just brushing the tops of her knees. Utterly unremarkable, except for the fact that Karamatsu knew she worked at the 100 yen store. Their eyes met for a moment. She quickly looked away. Karamatsu continued to stare. I'm so sorry, Chibita, she said, pushing a handful of coins towards the Odin stand's proprietor. I don't know what I was thinking, leaving my wallet at home. Oh, don't worry about it, miss. Happens to the best of us. Besides, it could be worse. Chibita jabbed his thumb in the brother's direction. These blokes come out here several times a week, but they never paid me. Not even once. 
Can you believe that? Add slander, Osamatsu objected with a whack of his fist against the counter that made the dishes rattle. The hell? It's true, damn it, you idiot! A piece of scalding hot konyaku collided with Osamatsu's forehead and then landed neatly on his plate. The two initiated something of a shouting contest, which Osamatsu was destined to lose, his opponent being a miniature incarnation of yelling itself, and the young woman laughed politely and excused herself. Karamatsu's heart threatened to liquefy and spill past his teeth. He swallowed it back down, where it began to thump wildly against his ribs, and jumped up from where he sat. His sudden movement, paired with the frantic glint in his eye, quieted the commotion that had overcome the Odin stand and replaced it with surprised curiosity. He forced his voice through his throat. Oh, wait! She didn't hear him. She didn't know the stuttered plea was for her. She was intentionally ignoring him. Karamatsu was more than accustomed to the cold shoulder. He'd learned to expect it, to take it in stride and keep himself afloat solely by way of his own good vibes. It was a waste of time to let his feelings get hurt, or to accept that his feelings were hurt. Just this once, though. Just this once. Let me be noticed. Before he knew it, Karamatsu's index finger and thumb had gently closed on the soft fabric of the young woman's jacket, just enough to produce a small tug when she took her next step forward. She stopped, rounded her shoulders, and turned to look at Karamatsu. He found it difficult to interpret her expression as anything other than uncomfortable. What will you say to her, Karamatsu Matsuno? How will you revise that awful first impression? Find a nice heavy object, like a cinder block or something, and wham, right over her head. I want you to promise me right now that you're not going to start going to that store every damn day just to pester her. First of all, stop buying sunglasses from the 100 yen store. You just have to make her laugh, Nissan. Gross. What? He swallowed thickly and took a deep breath. He was in desperate need of oxygen. What's big, grey and can't swim? He waited. The girl stared at him with her dark eyes wide. A, a castle. Yeah. In the few seconds of silence that ensued, Karamatsu nearly asphyxiated, and then her cheeks took on a pinkish tint, and then a small smile appeared on her lips, and then that smile widened, and she started to laugh. And then Karamatsu melted into a blissful little puddle of glee on the pavement. Why is that so funny? The young woman said at length, still trembling with giggles as she reached up to clear the tears that had sprung into the corners of her eyes. And why did I think he'd say elephant? They can definitely swim. Karamatsu laughed as well, but it was a feeble sound, comprised of relief and astonishment. Don't cry, Karamatsu. Emboldened by the positive response, he dared to push a little further. Can I ask your name? She brushed a hand near her ear to tuck away a stray lock of hair. Her gaze drifted downwards. Karamatsu readied himself for the inevitable rejection. This was fine, really. He hadn't even expected to get this far. He was grateful just to have the chance to see her once more. He was glad he managed to make her laugh. He was glad she would have a better story to recount to her friends when speaking of the painful man who stupidly fell in love after being given one single compliment. And when he woke up the next morning, he would smile, put on his favourite shirt and have a delicious breakfast.
he was prepared for the dream to end. Matsuri Tachibana What? I prefer to go by my given name, if you don't mind. What? Was this actually working? Karamatsu, you painful bastard, are you actually pulling this off? His words jumbled together and melted on his tongue, and it took a concentrated effort to produce anything intelligible. I... I prefer my given name too, Karamatsu Matsuno. Matsuri-chan. Karamatsu whipped around to beam at his brothers with a brightness that rivalled even his most heavily sequined trousers, eager to share the swell of joy in his heart with them. He was sure that somewhere behind those expressions of apathy and distaste were proud smiles and encouraging words. They were just holding back so as to avoid making a scene in front of Matsuri-chan. Matsuri-chan! Don't cry, Karamatsu! Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry! Karamatsu-kun, the young woman, Matsuri repeated. Karamatsu nodded his head stiffly, and she smiled. Well, she hadn't ever really stopped smiling. Not since laughing at that stupid joke. But every now and then Karamatsu noticed all over again the curve of her lips and the flush of her cheeks and the smile in her eyes, and his digestive tract found room to twist another knot in itself somewhere. Karamatsu sputtered and tumbled over himself. Do you... are you... would you... could I... could I give you my phone number? From somewhere behind him, one of his brothers coughed in a way that sounded suspiciously similar to the word IDIOT! Matsuri opened her mouth to reply, but Karamatsu interrupted her with a vigorous shake of his head. You don't ever have to call it. It's fine. You can even throw it away if you want. It's just... Uh, just... It's okay, Matsuri said. I can't promise I'll call it, but... That's fine, Karamatsu blurted. There was another cough behind him. This time it sounded a bit like... Tozer! If Matsuri noticed, she made no show of it. She reached into the pocket of her jacket and extracted a tiny notepad with a pen tied to the spiral binding by a glossy blue ribbon. She opened it, flipped through the pages, and then presented an empty sheet to Karamatsu. He accepted it and, handling it carefully, wrote down the short series of digits. Was his handwriting clear? Did it look too childish? Too pretentious? He pushed the notepad back into her hands. It's my home phone number, by the way. Not a cell phone, so... It's okay, Matsuri said, and Karamatsu thought that that might be the second or third time she'd said it, but he was also sort of having a crisis of reality versus fantasy, so he really couldn't be sure of anything anymore. I can at least promise I won't throw it away. I do need to go ahead and get home, though. Karamatsu panicked. Of course, I'm so sorry to have stopped you. By all means, go ahead. He bowed deeply at the waist and thrust his arm forward, gesturing to the long street ahead. Matsuri laughed. Don't cry, you shitty meat! Then I'll be on my way now. It was nice meeting you, Karamatsu-kun. Karamatsu raised his head just enough to catch sight of Matsuri's wave, and, of course, her smile, before she turned and began to recede into the darkness. Slowly, gradually, he relaxed and straightened up. Once he was certain she was gone, he turned to face Chibita's Odin stand. Fat, Ugly tears spilled down his face and left large splotches on the front of his hoodie. He opened his mouth and choked out a frail, Ah! Sure of hands, he's really not looking forward to where this is going. Ichimatsu proposed. Five hands went up.